What's up, tribe? It's Michael Fleming coming at you with yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about the continual improvement of the health, the wealth, and the relationships of your dental organization. I'm so excited to come to you with today's topic because we're really starting to talk about reentry, right? I'm, I'm recording this right now, May 11th. Uh, it is 9.50 in the morning, and it's go time for a lot of people, right? May 11th is, you know, we're now starting to see practices that are starting to come online or planning to come online. I know, for example, that there are some practices that were legally allowed to start opening up last week, but they didn't really have the resources available, whether those resources were PPE, whether those resources were human resources and people weren't willing or able to come back or a combination of the two. And so I know that as these dates start to uh, either fast approach or they've just already kind of passed us, uh, there's a lot of people that are ready and willing and able to start opening their practices and uh, get back to work. And I know what's starting to happen now is some of the employees, uh, some of our human resources are starting to push back a little bit. Uh, We're starting to see some fear. We're starting to see some hesitation. We're starting to see some uh, reluctance to come back to work. And the dentists that I'm working with and the dental professionals that I'm working with are are struggling a bit with this uh, because a lot of them are of that mindset of like, oh my gosh, we've literally had our wings clipped for the last eight weeks and now we can go back to work and we're so excited to go back to work. And then some of their vital staff are not so excited to get back to work. And, you know, regardless of the reason, you know, whether it's they're afraid of COVID-19, which is absolutely understandable, whether it's uh, they're making comparable, if not more money uh, by staying at home, getting that extra $600 a week from the federal government, whether it is, you know, lack of uh, child care, whether it's, you know, immunocompromised uh, family members at home. So they're reluctant to go back again, back to the COVID-19. I mean, there's a ton of different reasons. And the reason why is less relevant as to, you know, the communication that, that can be and needs to be happening from you to your employees. Because let me, let me tell you a story as far as what I'm kind of hearing from a few of the dentists that I'm uh, working with is it's that mindset of, you know, you need to go back to work. You need to, you need, you need to gussy up and, and just go back to work and be brave and, and just do it. Right. You know, we're around, we're around infectious diseases all the time. And, you know, we, we just need to be okay with that and go back to work. Right. And, and I don't mean to be so gruff about that because a, a lot of what I said is absolutely true. Uh, it's understandable that ever since the beginning of, of time, dentists, uh, have been surrounded by infectious disease. Uh, that's, that's part of the reality, part of the landscape. Um, and you know, a lot of, of dentists are just saying, you know, that that's it. This is the reality that we've got We're we're always around infectious disease. So you just need to, to forget about your fears and go back to work. And, and the thing is, is that whenever we start talking about fears, uh, they're not always, Oh, how do I put this? It's, they're not always logical. Does that make sense? Have you ever been afraid of something and, and there was no logic whatsoever? Uh, or maybe when you thought about it logically, it totally made sense. But when you're in that moment, fear just consumed you and it took over. I can remember a time, here's an example of, of when I faced fear uh, and, and I knew better. But when I was in that moment, I absolutely still couldn't collect myself. And so I used to surf a lot. And, you know, basically the way that the water works, if you're, if you're sitting on the beach, 
Uh, and that's why you'll see like when surfers jump out onto the, onto the beach, they'll kind of sit and they'll watch. And this is more true for like sand breaks, which is where I'm used to surfing, uh, where the, the, the actual channels will, will move if that makes sense. Right. Because the sandbars will move. And so you'll see these guys that come out with their surfboards and they'll sit down on the sand and they'll just watch the water for a while. And the, the reason that we're watching that is because we're looking to see how the water flows, right? Obviously it comes in, uh, a certain pattern, but it also goes back out a certain pattern. And that's what, what we're looking for is we're looking to see how that current is moving, right? We've all heard of rip tides. Uh, and basically that's kind of what we're looking for because we can use those to our advantage, right? We can jump in this rip tide and it will take us back out to the break. And then we kind of go back in and then we paddle into a wave. We ride that in and then we find that rip tide again. And that takes it, take us, takes us back out with the minimal of energy, right? Or the least amount of energy. And the least amount of break breaking over your head, right? Uh, and then back into the lineup, and then you surf back in. Uh, so we're out there one night. It was actually uh, at Short Sands in Oregon. I'm out there with a bunch of buddies, and there's this pretty wicked riptide going all the way on the, the south end of the beach. And so we're just hugged up against those rocks. And it was literally like it was like, like a uh, uh, conveyor belt. You know, you jump on that thing. And it took you out, and you dumped out, and you got into the lineup. Well, we were out there probably 15 minutes. <clears throat> And all of a sudden, the water started getting weird, and the lighting started getting weird. And you know, I jumped in this riptide, and all of a sudden, it started behaving a little bit differently. And I didn't like the way it was behaving; like it was, it was weird. It felt weird, and it took me out a lot farther than what I was planning on on going. Right, and so I started to like started to freak out, I started to panic, and so I tried to paddle out. So envision you're up against these rocks on your left hand side, so you paddle out to the right, and I couldn't get out of it, and it kept taking me out, and it kept taking me out. All of a sudden, I started trying to paddle against it, right? Because I'm, I'm afraid. I didn't want to go all the way out. and so, But it kept taking me out. It kept taking me out. Now, logically, when I'm sitting on the beach, I know, stop paddling. Relax. Let it take you where you want it to, where, where it's going to take you, right? It, whether it's where you want it to go or not, it's going to take you there regardless. Uh, conserve your energy. And then when you're out, when it finally spits you out, then you get back into where you need to be. And then you paddle yourself back in and ride it back in logically sitting on the beach it makes perfect sense i got it right but when you're in that moment and you're scared i paddled and i paddled and i paddled and all, all i was trying to do was get back to the rocks and i literally paddled back to the rocks right and i i was able to get to the rocks and i was able to grab onto them and i got myself up there and my buddies are like dude what are you doing i was like oh man i'm just, I'm just taking a break here for a second right because they're kind of clowning me because they're already in the lineup and they're looking like where are you going and I wound up walking the rocks back in because I was so freaked out of the, the way that that water was behaving because it kind of changed the way it had been working before. But again, the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that when you're when you're standing on the outside looking in, it's so easy to be able to look at that and be logically like, oh, of course, that's how, what you're supposed to do. Of course, you know, in that situation, it's like, just stop paddling. It's going to take you where you're at. It's going to spit you out and you just paddle back in. No problem. But when I was in that moment, I was so freaked out and I was so scared because it was misbehaving, or at least that was my perception at that moment that it was misbehaving and I had no clue where it was going to take me. And regardless, I felt out of control. And when I was out of control at that point, I it was all that I could do was to, to try and regain control because I was scared, right? And so the reason I tell you this story is a lot of this is happening right now. You know, it's easy for us to stand on the outside and for us to look in. And for us to be like, man, you know, with with improved procedures, with fewer patients, with social distancing, with increased PPE, 
uh, with, you know, changes in our procedures such as, you know, intake forms, questionnaires, uh, taking temperatures of patients, virtual waiting rooms out in the car. There's a lot of different things, proactive things that we can be doing to logically make sense of this is going to be so easy. But here's the deal. A lot of our hygienists, a lot of our dental assistants and a lot of our uh, office managers have been stuck at home for the last eight weeks, just like we have. Right. And a lot of them have been tuned into the news. And the news has been pushing a lot of fear, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not going conspiracy on you, like like intentionally, but what they're showing is, you know, COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. And then they're not showing a ton of, you know, the studies that are showing that it's a lot more widespread than what we originally thought, that, you know, there's a great recovery rate of what's happening. What they're showing is, you know, those things that will keep this tuned in, which is the more dramatic stories, right? They're showing, you know, the visuals that we're seeing as we're seeing, you know, people that are getting rushed from one ward of a hospital to another. And there's, you know, a bunch of people that are covered with massive PPE that are running these carts, these gurneys uh, from one location to another. And it leaves an an impact, right? Uh, We're seeing these field hospitals. We're seeing these hospital ships that pull up uh, all on TV, right? We're not seeing it with our own two eyes, right? We're seeing it with the TV, right? we're seeing these people that are hooked up to ventilators, right? And we're seeing all of this craziness. And if you watch enough of that, and I'm guilty as charged as well, right? My, my, my deal is to have, you know, I'll take 10, 15 minutes to, to stay abreast of the news in the morning. I'll take 10, 15 minutes in, in the evening just to kind of stay abreast of current events. But that's all I get. But sure enough, man, if I'm coming out of um, like a Westworld episode or a Tiger King episode, out of like a Netflix app or or the HBO app, and I, it jumps back to the news, uh, the content is so addicting that, you know, oh, COVID-19, and it's Wolf Blitzer, the whatever, strategy room, whatever that is, I don't even know. Uh, and before you know it, you're sucked into this content for like a half an hour, because it's so, uh, I'm not going to say doom and gloom, but it's like, uh, there's got to be that phenomenon of, of when, whenever there's like, uh, sirens or wherever there's like that ambulance but you got to know what's going on you we've all heard of the ambulance chaser right that's uh looking to see you know what's actually happening you know oh my gosh there's a wreck we got to look and see what's happening right we've all seen that wreck on the other side of the freeway and people are stopping on our side of the freeway to slow down to see what's going on over there it's that phenomenon whatever that phenomenon's called that's what's happening and uh dude you're watching cnn and that's the phenomenon i mean they're showing these crazy graphics they're showing, you know, it's pulsing red lights, uh, you know, it's it's doom and gloom. It is, uh, but it's intoxicating, and I I, I got to admit that's intoxicating. And the whole point of this is that this is the shit that your staff has been watching, and they're terrified. You know, there's people that are terrified to step outside of their own four walls because they're afraid to breathe the air outside, right? Uh, a lot of people have convinced themselves, or they've been receiving enough misinformation, that they are legitimately terrified of breathing the air around them. Are around them, right? So they're they're wearing masks or they're not leaving their house, uh, and and they're really terrified of of what's outside. And so, a lot of the dentists that I work with, a lot of the dental organizations that I work with, are facing these fears right now, and they're trying to hit it with logic. Does that make sense? Again, so so we're trying to uh, sit on the on the beach and be like, no, no problem. See that riptide over there? We know what it's going to do. It's going to be fine. We know that if we've got this N95 mask. And the face shield, we're going to be set. And then we've got disposable gowns. And then we've got, if you want the the optional surgical cap that goes over, uh, 
you're set. You know, this is more than enough to keep you safe from not not only receiving the COVID-19, but also from transmitting it to future patients as well. You know, we can logically put together all of these steps to make sure that everyone is safe. But here's the deal. They're in that riptide. You're talking, you're trying to stand on the beach, having a conversation with that person that's already in the riptide. Does that make sense? Right? They're in the middle of this and they are terrified. And so we're trying, we're, it's, like, it's like we're having two separate conversations, right? It would be like me stuck in that riptide and someone on the beach just yelling, hey man, it's cool. Just stop howling. You're cool. And all I want to say is F you, man, I'm terrified, right? It's two different, like, even though they're right. And if you just listen on the beach, right? Because that's who you've got yourself convinced that with the proper amount of PPE, the, the proper procedures, that everyone's going to be safe. We have ourselves con- convinced about that, right? Because we have to believe that and we know it to be true because this is what's keeping uh, our healthcare workers safe at these hospitals that are, you know, working with these COVID-19 patients right now, like face-to-face. Does that make sense? So we know that if properly properly using the, this PPE, properly using uh, other techniques such as social distancing or pre-screening patients, you know, there's a ton of things that we can't be doing. But again, we're trying to use logic and they're stuck in this emotion of fear. And so how do we address that fear? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've got a tool for you and I've got this tool that I put together uh, called the team result worksheet. And I'm sharing this with you and, and uh, I'll get you a link from, uh, I'll get you a link for this sheet on uh, the podcast, but I'll also get it to you. If you just go over to uh, innovatedentalmarketing.com, uh, just hit up that uh, website. I'll have it posted on the front so you can just download it. I'll put it up there. But but the the objective of this is it's literally a, a, a team result worksheet that you can work with your team. The idea being is that you can have a meeting with your team members and you can work with them to really identify, you know, what the desired outcome is, as well as address their fears and concerns. Does that make sense? And so it's really kind of sitting down and not just saying, all right, guys, here's what we're doing. Here's the PPE we've got. Here's the improved procedures. And if you're, you're scared, suck it up. This is the opposite of that. Right. This is what's going to pull them in and be, become help them become ambassadors of your desired outcome. Does that make sense? And so, you know, basically what the team team result worksheet is. And again, this is really laid out to help you successfully facilitate a meeting with your employees, with your staff, you know, with your hygienists, with your dental assistants, with your office managers and everyone else inside the four walls of your practice so that you can. Let them know what your desired outcome is, but also start to talk about the things that are standing in between here and there. Because again, oftentimes, and I'm, I would imagine you already know this from experience, you're talking about your desired outcome and instantly, you know, you're hit with resistance of, I'm not ready to come back to work yet, right? Or I'm afraid we don't have the right procedures in place. I'm afraid we don't have enough PPE. I'm concerned based on this data set, this data set, and this data set that it's too early to come back to work, you know, whatever that is. But walk with me. So go and get that that uh, team result worksheet right now. Uh, and then once you've got it, in fact, just hit pause right now on this. Go back and uh, go to innovatedentalmarketing.com. Right on the front, I'll have, you know, team result worksheet. I'll have it like flagged somehow where it's like, are you looking for your team result worksheet? Or are you looking to successfully facilitate a, a meeting with your staff? So it'll be pretty intuitive. Then click it and just download it. It'll be a, a PDF. Uh, I'll keep I'll keep a um, 
the actual worksheet as well as a sample worksheet in there as well. So you can kind of know, but I'm going to walk through each of the blocks. So uh, hit pause right now, go get it and then come back. All right, you're back now and you should have your team result worksheet. So I'm going to walk through, even though you're looking at that team result worksheet right now, I'm still going to walk through it with you so that you have a good understanding uh, of how each of these flow, right? So that, that first box that we have uh, when we're looking at the team result worksheet is the desired outcome or the desired result that we're looking to achieve. Does that make sense? And if you downloaded the sample as well, then you're seeing that the desired outcome for this one, while we're the meeting that we're facilitating, facilitating right now is to return safely back to work. That's the, the desired outcome, right? So uh, envision that you've got uh, plans of reopening within the next week, within the next two weeks. And again, the desired outcome is to get everyone on board for that, right? That's the, that's the sample here. Uh, the next box is the purpose, you know, and the purpose of this is to serve uh, our patient base that has not had access uh, to non-emergency care for the last seven weeks. Uh, or eight weeks, whatever that is, right? And so these are just samples uh, of what that is, right? And then uh, the next step is, or the next box is the barriers, the barriers that we're seeing. Sorry for that pause. But, you know, what are the barriers? And this is that opportunity where we start to identify, you know, you've got the, the people that are within your organization uh, and you start to identify, you know, what those barriers are for them and, and what they're, they're feeling, right? And so, uh, and then that final section is, you know, how can we overcome these barriers, right? And that the, the key word in that is the we part, right? That we section. And so let's, let's briefly walk through this really quick so that we all kind of have an understanding of, of, of what that looks like, right? And so, uh, you know, when you're, you're having that meeting, you know, again, what we're looking at doing is, is having that desired outcome, you know, and let's just say, you know, to return safely back to work. That's our, that's our desired outcome, right? And so the purpose, again, is we've got, and the reason it's important to have a purpose is so that people understand why we're doing this and what's the importance of doing that. It's, it's not just to go back to work. I think so many people, and, and, and I don't think I know this to be true because there's been people that have kind of been complaining about, you know, oh, they just want to get back to, to, to work so that they can make money. They don't care about our safety. They just want to go make money. When the reality of it is, is, man, the, the, the real purpose of returning back to work and the value that we provide or that you provide as, as healthcare providers is that, you know, your patient base, your patients that you've been serving year, year in, year out, they haven't had access to you. They haven't had any access to preventive care for over seven, eight weeks now, right? And so this is really the, the purpose. And this is that opportunity for you to, to shift that mindset, to shift that focus, to shift that, you know, it, we're not coming back so that I can get rich, right? We're coming back because our patients need us. Does that make sense? I mean, that, that's a huge narrative shift, isn't that? I mean, we're, we're really focused on our, our community and on our patients, right? And then, you know, the barriers, you know, jumping into that section, you know, we want to serve our patients, but we're afraid to return to work because we're afraid of con either contracting or spreading COVID-19. And again, this is just an example, right? But I think this is a very real world example. And so, you know, this is where we start to talk about and we start to get the buy-in from our staff of, you know, what barriers are you seeing, right? And letting them be part of this. And I put a bunch of uh, potential 
you know, things that could be, be barriers, you know, um, like things that they feel necessary to be able to safely return. And, you know, maybe some ideas of, of how to make it safer. And so this is what some of, some of these things could be is, you know, phone pre-screening to talk about uh, potential COVID-19 exposure. You know, maybe another idea is to have, uh, you know, too many people in the waiting room. So the solution to that would be, you know, texting from the car or having that, that virtual waiting room. Does that make sense? Uh, the other thing that could potentially happen would be, uh, you know, pre-screening or temperature check at check-in and, you know, or a new, new patient intake procedure. Uh, obviously, a big thing that's going to be relevant to everyone is increased uh, PPE, making sure that everyone has enough PPE, uh, that they're feeling safe for that. You know, maybe having additional breaks so there's time for them to clean up and or sanitize or sterilize the workstations before a new patient comes in there, right? Maybe it's having a lighter schedule, more time in between. That kind of dovetails into what I just said. Uh, continual improvement having that open door policy. Maybe it's that opportunity for all of your employees to feel like you've got that open door for them so that they can come in and share feedback with you uh, day by day, you know, not have to wait for our next meeting that we have a week from now. Uh, and maybe, you know, another another thing is, uh, another re- thing that we can do to overcome these barriers is having to monitor uh, the CDC and the ADA uh, as far as recommended procedures as well as current mandates of what's happening, right? And so the idea of this is as we overcome these barriers, there's going to be all these ideas. And and the magic of this worksheet is how do we take this information and then create ownership? And that's where that second page of the, the PDF comes in. Because this is one of the things, and, and I'll, I'll say it out right now because it's not necessarily pretty because we there's a lot of people that like to stereotype. They don't, but we all do, right? And a lot of what I've been hearing from quite a few dentists that I've been working with is, you know, commenting on the millennials uh, and how, you know, they are not really desiring to come back to work. And I had a very interesting conversation uh, with one of my life coaches that, you know, we were talking about millennials probably about a year ago. And so totally out of context here, but it really is relevant because it was, you know, the conversation that was coming up and, you know, I was talking about a bunch of 40 something, so Gen Xers and talking about like the millennial work ethic and you know some of the challenges that we're having having to be able to adequately and uh, positively communicate with that that different generation because of the different feedback uh, of you know just different work ethic uh, and different things that that are important to them. And one of the, the key learnings that we had is that a lot of what we're seeing with the millennials right now is this this desire to make an impact, right? They want to. They they are desperate to make an impact on their environment that's around them, uh, and how this is different. A lot of people will say that this is important to them, that they want to make an impact as well. But what's happening is a lot of us are, are motivated by money, and a lot of us are motivated by having a good, strong work ethic, right? Kind of bootstrapping it, if that makes sense. Where you know, just you're, we're we're going to work. Uh, we're working. We're we're starting at the mailroom, right? And we're working our way up where a lot of these millennials want to come in and they want to have an impact a lot sooner. But here's the deal. They're not necessarily driven by the money part. Does that make sense? What they're driven by is that sense of purpose and that sense of contribution. And what what that's being uh, mistaken for is laziness, right? Because what they're looking for is being able to make an impact. Does that make sense? But what's happening is we're we're trying to start them off in the mailroom just like we did 
thinking that money is their, their motivating factor and that they just need to work from the bottom up. When the reality of it is, is the millennial is really looking to make an impact. And here's the deal. It almost goes back and really dovetails nice to the conversation I was talking about with, uh, you know, being scared. Like, well, when the person that's on the beach can look out there and see that riptide and just be like, dude, dummy, quit fighting it. You're just taking out there. And the other person who's actually in the riptide who has a completely different perspective of, of what fear actually uh, looks like, tastes like, and feels like in the moment. Does that make sense? Because both of them are right. I mean, right? When you're afraid, you're afraid. And no one can control how you feel. Uh, no one no one can tell you that you're wrong, right? If you're afraid, you're afraid. And, and the challenge is, you know, how do we work through that fear? Does that make sense? And so kind of bringing it back here is as much as we want to talk about how the millennials don't don't have a good work ethic the real challenge is is that the millennials are very clear about what they want and they want to to have purpose they want to make an impact they want to make a difference right and we're not hearing that and so this is this worksheet right here that you're holding in your hand right now this gives you the opportunity to, to cross that bridge right so instead of us continuing to make fun of the millennials of how they've got uh, a different work ethic this is now that opportunity for us to empower them does that make sense you know this is that opportunity for us to pull them in and be, become part of the solution and give them that opportunity to make an impact to have an impact does that make sense and so what we're looking at is you know we're, we're looking at taking the, the things that you're having from that last box on page one which is how can we overcome these barriers and taking all of these and then assigning them to individuals Right. So, for example, on the action plan, so that second page is that action plan to achieve the desired outcome. You know, that first action, you know, oh, OK, the first thing we can be doing is, you know, phone pre-screen to ask about potential COVID-19 exposure. And then we can pick a, an owner for that where it's like, OK, Brandon, you know, since that was your idea, would you mind being the owner of that so that, you know, as we've got as we're implementing that, you can kind of be the, the ambassador of that and the champion uh, and or, you know, maybe it's uh, the opportunity for people when they have feedback they can uh give you that feedback and then you really are the center of all of that right and so everything goes through brandon when it comes to the phone pre-screening does that make sense and then the next thing is you know uh alternative waiting room that was a great idea jay would you mind being the owner of of that one so that way all feedback now goes through jay does that make sense and then the next one oh okay the the covid19 health pre-screening sheet at check-in so this is that opportunity for everyone to get checked in um, and we ask them questions as to have they been traveling have they been exposed you know things like that and then you know Becky owns that right hey Becky since that was your idea would you mind owning that and that way if there's any recommended changes to the the, the worksheet or uh, or you know any ways to continue to improve that Becky is the owner of that same with the next action you're starting to get the the, the uh, idea here, but we're just going to finish this, you know, the increased PPE, you know, the face shields, for example. Linda, do you mind owning that one since that was your idea? And it's a great idea and it's very responsible, you know, but at this point, you know, face, face shields are kind of a challenge. So can I put you in charge of that so you own that? So you're looking through all of our traditional vendors as well as non-traditional vendors. And if anyone's got any ideas for, you know, alternatives, you know, Melinda becomes a contact on that. And then finally, you know, on this sheet, you know, the CDC and the ADA monitoring for updates and best, best practices of how we can continually improve that, you know, hey, that's Zach. Zach, can you own that? And then if, you know, Zach not only owns it and he communicates that information, but also, you know, as people have questions about that, you know, Zach is the, he's the go-to, right? He's the one that we're going to 
for all this information. So does that make sense? The, to, what we're doing here is the, the whole point of this tool is to be able to pull out, it's A, identify the obvious of what, what our desired outcome is, but then also talk about the potential barriers. But instead of those barriers just being barriers, right, what we do is those now become empowering points for the people that have brought those fears to the table, right? They then become the owners of that. And then once they are able to own that, they now become the solution providers for that. And do you see like the quantum shift that happens from, oh my gosh, we've got this problem. You know, say that I'm just grabbing one here, the alternative waiting room, you know, there's, you know, there's too many, too many chairs here in our traditional waiting room. And so we've got this idea, uh, maybe it's an alternative waiting room. Okay, that's great. Now, all of a sudden, Jay, who's the owner of that, becomes the ambassador and the owner. And at once, they would say it was Jay who brought this concern of too many people in the waiting room. Now, all of a sudden, Jay becomes the owner and the czar of the solution. Now, do you see, see that shift? Now, all of a sudden, they get to own it. They get to become part of the solution. They get to help become part of that transition team. And it costs you nothing. Do you see that, too? Do you see how this is all working? All this is costing you is the time for the communication of that meeting that they are so desperately looking for anyway, and you're de desperately looking for anyway to be able to communicate that with, right? But then that way, you know, now you've got this team. If you're looking at back at that action plan to achieve the desired outcomes, now all of a sudden you've got this whole list of these potential barriers or solutions, right? It's the or the ideas of how we can actually overcome this. But now we've got all these different owners that are owning that, and, and you know, obviously there might be you know, one person that owns, you know, two or more of these areas, right? And we, we don't want to make that a habit though. But all of a sudden on this example, right? I've got one, two, three, four, five solution providers plus yourself. Now all of a sudden you've got six champions of transition back to work. So everyone's now working in the same direction. Does that make sense? Are you seeing that? I mean, this is such a simple tool and it's so simple, but it's so impactful when utilized correctly. And then again, you know, you can even play this this podcast episode back to them so that they can kind of hear the intent of this. Or you just use this the sample that I provided on the PDF to kind of walk through the meeting to plant the seeds of ideas to really kind of generate and, and really kind of pull out more feedback from from your, your staff members. But then at that point, now all of a sudden, you can start to help transition that, that change and work get away from the fear get away from the barriers and start working towards the solutions, right? Now we're, now we're not stuck in the mud. We're not stuck in the trend. We're not stuck in the, those, those barriers, right? We're, now we're focused on overcoming those barriers. And I'm, if you're that, if you're that uh, Gen Xer or baby boomer who's listening right now, this tool is also your solution for connecting with your your millennials as well because i know that there's a lot of people that think these millennials you know they they walk to to the beat of a different drum right and it's safe to say that it's okay to say that right we don't need to be stereotypical what what's happened though is these this generation has higher goals they have higher aspirations they want to make an impact sooner faster right they don't want to just start in the mail room and work their way up the way that, you know, we may have been taught to do, right? Uh, they want to make an impact right now, right? They've been raised in an environment where they have been told that they can be anything that they want and they feel like they're special and it's because they are and it's because we've raised them to be like that, right? So uh, as opposed to just saying, oh my gosh, we've created a monster, we've raised a monster, it's embrace it, right? These are the, This is what we've created, 
and we created it on purpose. We created it with purpose. But now we're trying to measure what we've created by our old ideas, by the shit that how our parents did. It's like a psychology 101 thing that you're getting for free. You should pay me money for this. You would pay your shrink a lot of money for this or a life coach uh, a lot of money for this, but you're getting it for free. So let it sink in, right? Let's stop making fun of the millennials. Let's stop making fun of the people that, that are really trying to make an impact and let's empower them. Right. Let's this. This could be a, a major quantum shift in your life to, as well. You know, go through this sheet, assign these fears to these people, let them be the champion, let them be the champions of change. And now all of a sudden see their purpose. Now all of a sudden elevate, watch them elevate and watch them feel important. They get to feel important. That's all they want to do. They want to be able to make an impact so that they feel like they've got significance, that they're contributing to the organization. Right. And when you realize that and that light comes on in your head, that that's really what's driving them is not money, but contribution. Whoa, it's going to be empowerful for empowering for you as well, because now all of a sudden you get to shift. You, you get to see that, oh, my gosh, they're not lazy. They really want to just make a difference. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Don't you want people that want to make a difference? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And the, the, they're already there. Right. And so this is going to be that tool for you to not only help them get back to work here, but this might be a tool that you use over and over and over again for future opportunities that come up. If you ever like are are bringing up an idea like, hey, you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, kind of changing our benefit structure where we're moving from, you know, uh, you know, traditional 401k to, uh, you know, whatever. I don't whatever. You know what I mean? Like whatever that is. but, you know, you know, people come back and say, no, I like my 401k or no, I want to stick with a Roth IRA or no, let's do this non-traditional, whatever that is. But then all of a sudden you've got these people that if they have an opinion, because that's the other thing too, guys, if people don't have an opinion, it's not a problem, right? You just move forward, right? But a lot of people do have opinions, right? And so this is your opportunity to connect with their opinion and then empower them to really drive their opinion. Because you might find that if they have a strong enough opinion, it sways yours where it's like, man, I never, I never thought about it like that. But now that since you, you have such an opinion on that and you're so passionate about it, I really now connect with what's important to you. And now I realize I was it wasn't really that important to me. I just didn't want to change it because I was more comfortable with the shit the way it was. Right. That makes sense. And that's what a lot of what, what our, our groundwork is as well. Right. We get, we get familiar, we get comfortable and we love where we're at. And so we're more afraid of change than we are becoming ambassadors of change often. So again, this becomes an opportunity for you to really pull people in, get them closer to you, hear their fears without, you know, having to put up your walls uh, or tell them no, you know, because sometimes you have to tell them no, right? It's yes until it's no. That's, that's one of my famous sayings that that I always talk about, right? The answer is always yes. You, You will, you will always get a yes out of me until it has to be a no, right? And that's, same as at home, same as at work, you know, whatever that is, you know, the answer is always yes until it has to be no. And if it has to be no, that's when I'll, you know, go ahead and, you know, pitch my flag and be like, no, I can't retreat. This is really important to me. There's not very many things that are like that. You know, I'm pretty easy going guy. Uh, but there are certain things that, you know, it has to be, uh, you know, that I have a, a, an opinion about. Uh and, you know, and I'll debate about it. But other than that, you know, if you have that strong of an opinion about something, uh, I'd love to hear about it because it's your opportunity to educate me about what that is. And maybe there's something that I, I'm not weighing uh, on this this topic, right? 
and that happens often, I'm sure, which means I'm sure it happens in, in your life uh, as well. So sorry for going on and on about this. Uh, I, I know that this is an amazing tool. I'd love to get your feedback. I encourage you to use this at your next meeting that you roll out. And uh, if there's any tweaks or ideas that you think could uh, better improve this tool, I'd love to hear about that because I'd love to make it uh, a tool that's sustainable and that I can continue to share with uh, clients. But but I will tell you that I have shared this with uh, about seven of my clients right now. Two of them have already used it in their meetings and they have literally come back and said, oh my gosh, Michael, that was amazing. Like it really, A, it helped me facilitate the meeting and it helped me have, have it in this order, right? And so there was an organized flow of information. But then I was it was, it was much easier to pull out the concerns and then it was amazing at how we were able to attach owners and ambassadors to these concerns and they then became the owners of that and then once they became the owners of it they were no longer afraid of it now they ran towards it does that make sense that's again what we're trying to do is as opposed to running away from the fear let's all run towards it right so that we can address it head on right and we all put our heads together and we work through this together because that's the desired outcome that we're trying to do is we're trying to A, acknowledge these concerns, B, stay focused on the desired outcome, but really bring everyone together, right? So that we can all work on this together. And what's the unintended consequence of that? Now we have a stronger team, right? Because now we've shown that we've all through we've all worked through this together, right? How cool is that, right? Not to be all cheesy in a kumbaya moment, right? But what's the value of that? It's massive. It is massive. And one that you should be paying me thousands of dollars for, but I'm giving it to you for free right now. But uh, all joking aside, like this is, uh, I've seen this uh, impact practices firsthand. So I know it will work for you as well. And I am eager and excited for us to be able to start going back to work, uh, obviously uh, in in a slower and responsible manner to keep everyone safe. But all the same, I'm excited to get back to work and just have purpose, right? And your your employees are eager to have purpose as well. And so this this helps them get purpose even faster by making ambassadors out of them. So uh, give me a call or uh, give me a, uh, uh, an email with any kind of feedback. Again, go back, go to innovatedentalmarketing.com. Right on the front page, you'll see a link uh, to this team result worksheet where you'll be able to download that. And uh, yeah, put it to work. Go try and break it. That's my challenge to you is use it, try and break it. And then if, if you were able to break it, Give me feedback so we can figure out how to make this an even stronger tool for the next person. But so far, so good. Uh, the, the people that have, that have been using this, including myself, have had amazing results with this. So that again, that's my challenge. Go try and break this. I dare you. Uh, the unintended consequence is that you're going to get uh, some amazing results out of this. All right. God bless you. Stay healthy uh, and have fun with this reentry as we re- reenter back to work after this crazy uh, uh crazy pandemic. I'll talk to you soon. I love you guys. Take care.